to the Ordinary Men podcast, episode number two. I'm here with Jeff again. Jeff, how you doing? Good, good. Hey, everyone. Uh, so uh, this is episode number two. We talked in the first episode about being an ordinary man. Uh, we looked at the book of Acts and looked at Peter and John and how everyone was astonished that they were ordinary men, but they had been with Jesus. And we talked a little bit about imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, ordinary men, imposter syndrome. If you if you ch- checked out the first episode and you found it valuable, we hope that you share it with someone because uh, what we really want to do is provide encouragement. But yeah, when we're talking about imposter syndrome, we often feel like we're not qualified or we're not good enough to do the Lord's work, to do God's work. And that's just not the case. And in, in, in Acts 4, it's the perfect demonstration of it, of ordinary, unschooled men who were frankly, astonishing because of the extraordinary things they did because they had been with Jesus. And that's kind of what we're talking about in this podcast is just ordinary men who do some pretty extraordinary things through Jesus. And we've got a special story today. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're really excited to bring J.D. Daly on in the conversation with us. And, and again, if we just go back to that Acts 4 verse 13, uh, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So what jumps out to me here, especially as we bring in JD into the conversation is just the courage. So we'll talk about his story, but he just really demonstrates uh, courage. He demonstrates the extraordinary through what started as sort of an ordinary path. JD and I and Eric have been good friends for a long time. Um, and it's just been a real blessing just to watch JD's path and watch him take the steps of faith that he did. Ordinary man, unschooled, and by unschooled, I don't mean uneducated. I mean, he's not a theology PhD, um, but one of the wisest uh, kind of people that I know. So, honored to have you on here, JD, and tell us a little bit about your story. Well, I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I'll accept like 25% of the accolades you provided, (laughs) Jeff, but... uh, Again, I guess that comes back to the whole ordinary man thing, right? Um, but uh, I have been a member here at Piedmont for uh, going on nine years. Uh, like you said, Jeff, been friends with you guys for a long time. So uh, appreciate you having me on. Um, but I guess most specifically what you guys are here to talk about is uh, our family dynamic that uh, me and Allie have going on um, and the backstory behind that. So. Uh, you want me to, I'll just go ahead and jump right into it and yeah, start telling the story. Right in. Let's do it. So um, my wife, Allie, and I, we have been married for uh, nine years now. Um, but before that, we actually started dating in the eighth grade. So uh, we both serve in the student ministry. And it's kind of funny. We always try and like keep that from the middle school girls and boys because we do not want to give them false hope. Uh, we understand that we are the not the norm uh, when it comes to middle school relationships, but uh, we made it through. So we went dated uh, all the way through high school, went to UGA, go dogs, uh, graduated from UGA. Um, where, and where that's kind of where what where the, where are the dogs going? Just a question. To the national championship. Again? We'll see. All right. We'll find out. All right. Depends uh, on their quarterback commits because Texas just got a good one. Oh, so. did they? Yeah. I digress. <laughs> we could digress for a while. I was going to say, that's, a, that's, another pod, yeah. that's another podcast episode. Um, 
But at uh, our senior year at UGA is kind of where this particular story picks up. Um, so we got engaged because, again, we've been dating since the eighth grade. Allie pretty much had our wedding date picked, like, probably, like, junior year of high school, you know, like she was like, all right, <laughs> she was just waiting it for you to put yeah, a ring on it. It's just like, all right, we got to wait till it's a little bit more age appropriate for us to actually get married. Um, but, uh, we actually found out our senior year, like I said, we had, we were already engaged at this time. Um, you know, we were starting to interview for, uh, different positions and things like that. And then Allie found out that she had, um, very serious fibroid tumors, um, which if you're not familiar with that, um, it's a benign tumor, um, very common, but m more common in older women. Um, so the fact that Allie had them so severely uh, at such a young age was quite an oddity. Um, but because of that, um, she had to have surgery to have them removed. Seniors in college, not even married yet, um, you know, thinking, you know, we're about to start this like young professional part of our lives and go off into the world and just kind of, you know, maybe start a family, but like 10 years from now, you know, and then the, uh, doctors said, well, if you want to have a family at all, um, you know, you might not be able to. And if you do, the clock is ticking and you've probably got about like three years. So you've literally, you're about to graduate college. You've <laughs> literally got the whole world in front of you. And you get this devastating news. Yeah. Well, and I, I wouldn't say that it was dev. It was, uh, not devastating, but it was definitely world altering, right? It was a complete shift, um, of what we were expecting. Um, because Allie and I knew we always wanted to have kids. We wanted to have a family. Uh, again, it just was not on our timeline. We were like thinking, oh yeah, you know, like, Maybe when we're 27, 28, we'll start talking about kids. Um, but again, God had different plans. Um, so the surgery went great. Um, and then because of the timeline, we immediately started to uh, try and start having a family. Um, struggled with that for a little while, um, but ended up getting, um, Allie got pregnant with our oldest, Jack. You had ordinary plans. Mm-hmm. Very. You, you had the same plans I had basically at that age and, and my wife and I had at that age, ordinary plans. And then we will see, spoiler alert for the listeners, how extraordinary it becomes. Um, but one story I love, and you may, you know, maybe you were going to tell it, but I want to make sure is the altar praying before, before Jack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, um, again, we, struggled with infertility. Allie struggled with infertility um, for about a year. And again, because of the particular situation, we were seeing reproductive specialists. Um, so this was, again, it had only been a year, but we were already seeing a doctor because of Allie's medical history. Um, so again, it was one of those things where we just had to lay it uh, at the feet of Jesus and come and pray um, because we had basically done everything that we could up until that point, um, excluding IVF. Um, and again, we had just prayed and prayed and prayed. And eventually, um, you know, Jack finally came along. Um, it was a, a huge blessing. We had a ton of people praying for us at the church. Um, I know you guys sitting right around this table in particular prayed for us a lot. Um, Pastor Ike, the entire staff, uh, you know, I remember we would always get super emotional at the anointing services that we had here. 
um, when we would come and, and pray at the altar. So it was a Piedmont was a big part of uh, the story from the very beginning um, and all the church family that we have here. Uh, but then fast forward a little bit. Uh, we've had Jack, but again, clock is ticking. So we obviously wanted to have, you know, at least two, you know, maybe three kids is what we were thinking, like, but definitely two. Uh, so again, we've got that, that, uh, clock in the back of our mind the entire time. Uh, so we start trying again, again, immediately seek medical help, um, because, you know, of the clock that's constantly running, um, and again, same thing, uh, except this time it was even more drawn out than with Jack. So we sought medical help, um, again, did everything that we could outside of IVF. Um, and then we finally, at the last round of like hormone therapies for Allie um, and the last round of treatment, we kind of said, you know what, if this doesn't work, maybe God's got different plans for us um you know maybe and we were we were thinking you know Allie's really in, getting involved in the student ministry you know maybe we're just supposed to be a family with just one kid and maybe we're gonna like god wants us to put our efforts somewhere else um so we were kind of wrestling with that a little bit um and then we had these friends who you know, we're wrestling with this decision on what we were supposed to do. We decided we weren't going to do IVF. Uh, we didn't know exactly, you know, what the future held for us. Um, and then we had some friends who gave us a very large financial gift. They said, you know, we don't know why, but God laid this on our hearts. And we don't know if you want to use this for IVF or adoption or what, but God just laid this on our hearts and we wanted to give you this financial gift. And again, we were just like blown away because it wasn't like a small chunk of change. Um, and we didn't know what to do with it either because we had just decided like, you know, IVF is not for us. Um, you know, we don't really know what we're going to be doing. Uh, and then we we're just like, well, you know, these are strong believers. Like God laid this on their heart. Like, what are we supposed to do? So we were wrestling with it, wrestling with it. Um, and that's when the adoption uh, part came along. So we started thinking like, okay, well, you know what, like maybe we could adopt. And this is something that, you know, we need to seriously start considering. So had you ever thought about adoption until that point or was it? So it was actually interesting. Um, I was kind of, Allie had, I was um, very much against it. Not in the sense that I think it was because I was so convinced um, that we were going to be able to get pregnant. And I felt like the adoption aspect side of it was giving up. And so I don't know if it was just like my positive mentality or what. Um, but like, I was kind of closed minded to it. Um, and then I ended up uh, reading an article about adoption and foster care. I think it was the Monday after we got that gift. And that's when I was just like, the lights kind of went off. And I was like, Oh, adoption, which again, like, that was like an adoption foster care article. Um, but I just fixated on the adoption part of it. And I was like, oh, yep. Okay. You know what? This, this sounds right. Like this feels right. And again, I felt the spirit, like I felt convicted. Um, and again, that was the first time that I had really been opened up to the idea of adoption. Mm -hmm. Um, so me and I go home, we pray about it a lot and we start like looking into adoption. We were looking at adoption agencies. Um, but again, we just feel the spirit kind of 
tugging on our hearts and he kept pulling us back towards foster care. And again, in our human minds, but we're like, but you know, our friends gave us this financial gift and, you know, foster care pays for it. So like, why would God be calling us to foster care if he also called these people to give us a big financial gift? And we were like wrestling in our minds with like trying to, again, figure out what God was trying to orchestrate instead of just like trusting him and just walking with him. Um, but uh, we were really getting frustrated trying to figure out exactly what to do. And I remember uh, specifically reading some stories online about these people who family members had come into their church or someone like some stranger had come into their church and been like, Oh, you know, would you like adopt my son or can you help in this situation? And I remember it was on like a Wednesday or Thursday. I was like, I really wish like that this would just happen to us. Like that someone would just come into the church and be like, this is the route. Right. Um, and then that Sunday, uh, Cindy, my mother-in-law was in the, uh, nursery, um, volunteering and, um, she was talking with a friend who, uh, they were just talking about foster care. And, um, she said that, oh, you know, like Allie and JD, Cindy told her friend, uh, Allie and JD are, you know, considering foster care. And the woman was like, well, that's very interesting because I actually know of a situation that I just found out about, you know, uh, uh, this week where there's two little girls who need a home like tomorrow or they're going to be put into the system, um, the foster care system, and they might get split up. Um, so do you think they'd consider doing it? So, again, Allie comes and grabs me. I can't remember. I think I was serving in kids that day and she was serving in students. And so Cindy comes and grabs us and tells us. And so we're like bawling, crying because, again, this is what we prayed for. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, there is no way that this is going to actually work out. Like we weren't registered to be foster parents at this point. Uh, we weren't like we hadn't done anything. And so I was like, there's no way. Uh, and, it, and it takes a bit of time to kind of like yeah. get registered and get through the the system and to be foster parents and all yes. that kind of stuff. And you guys were just like, let's think about it. And oh, wait, here's an opportunity. Exactly. And full disclaimer, uh, for anyone who is listening to this, who is familiar with the foster care registration process or is interested in becoming a foster parent, this is not how it's supposed to go. <laughs> but again, God just worked it out that way. Um God and Paulding County defects <laughs> found a way to make it work. Um, but whatever works, man, I know yeah. Yeah, it's uh, again, just God's plan. But we contacted the caseworker said, Hey, you know, we are not registered foster parents. Um, but we like are friends with someone who is close friends of the family who told us about this situation. Um, and we'd be willing to help because again, this is, exactly what I had like asked for. Um, again, I don't even know if I actually prayed for this to I actually, I might have, I can't even remember, but I remember distinctly at that time, just wanting something like this to happen. And so when Allie told me, I was like, well, we have to do this because <laughs> you know, this is exactly what we've been like wishing for and praying for to happen. Um, so we end up going to Paulding County defects, uh, that afternoon. And then, um, we end up, driving home with the girls uh, 
on Monday night. So uh, we found out Sunday morning the girls were staying with us uh, on Monday evening. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I mean, I, I remember, you know, as as our friendship was, you know, going on back then, just watching this happen and just in, in awe. And I, I think back of it in awe, too. So this is this is what I referred to in the intro about courage, because I don't know about you listeners out there, but the idea of having, you know, two young kids under the age of three handed to me when you had a two-year-old, wasn't Jack about two? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was two and a half. And then, and you know, you're going through the struggle adoption and that sort of thing. And then here it is careful what you wish for and you get it. And I don't say that pejoratively. I mean, that's a lot that took courage. That took, that's the step of faith that gets me in your story is mm-hmm. that I can't fathom doing that. And you did it in a day. Yeah. Where did the courage come from to do that? Did it, did it come from something inside of you or inside of Allie or was it just like you? So I really think that God had been preparing us for this moment for a long time. Um, again, the desire to have a family, the struggle of not being able to grow our family in the way that we wanted to. Um, again, just the months that we spent wrestling, trying to figure out, you know, what was God's next step for our family? Um, and then just kind of prayerfully considering that for an extended period of time. And again, I truly believe that God was, again, just conditioning us, right? He was getting us ready for this moment um, because it was one of those things where we knew it was crazy, but it just had, like, we could just see God's fingerprints all over it. Um, and so it was just one of those things where it was like, okay, well, clearly this is where God is leading us. And this is what he's been preparing us for. This is like, for lack of a better term, the hold, like we could see, like, this is why he had us in a holding pattern because of this situation. Um, so I think it was really just God preparing our hearts and getting us ready for this moment that kind of gave us, uh, like I said, the courage to step forward and, and take that leap of faith. Yeah, hmm. that's great. So let's, let's continue with the story a little yep. bit. The so girls gets, come it, home. Yep. The girls come home. Um, and hey, this is where it gets really interesting. Three under three. Yeah. So we got three under three. Um, you know, um, Layton is a, a newborn. Um, Laney is 17 months. Um, and Jack is two and a half. And so the girls are with us for six weeks. And lo and behold, without medical help or anything like that, we find out Allie is six weeks pregnant. <laughs> so wow. um, crazy. Of I always course. tell people I do not remember <laughs> the year 2018 um, when Henry was born. Just it, it just it, it's a whirlwind. A, yeah, 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 it's yeah. just gone. It's I look at pictures and I'm like, I know I was there, but I do not remember this at all. Right. Because <laughs> um, we went from one to four in a, a nine month period. Wow. Um, you can't make that up. No, you it, it was, make you up. really can't. It was, it truly was, um, an amazing experience. Uh, it was difficult, but again, just God's fingerprints all over it. And again, tying this all back together, bringing it full circle. Right. Um, cause again, when the girls came, they weren't technically in the foster care system. So we didn't have, um, any of the resources that are provided to foster families. 
Um, so, you know, normally you get um, uh, financial subsidy from the state in mm -hmm. order to help cover the costs. Uh, yep. We didn't get that. And then we were thinking, okay, you know, we'll figure out, because Al, Allie was working at that time, um, you know, we'll figure this out over the next couple of weeks and then we'll figure out a way for you to get back to work. Uh, and then when she found out she was pregnant with Henry, it was like, well, you're not coming back to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like this is just uh, not feasibly possible at this point. And again, it was so clear like that, that gift that we had been given gave us the buffer to absorb that loss of Allie's income. Yeah. And it was just like, again, we couldn't figure it out. And we were trying to like put all these puzzle pieces together. And God was like, just, just wait. Like you'll see in just a little bit, you know, yeah. and again, it's just the frustration with um, not being able to see God's timing um, that makes it difficult. But it was uh, it was truly a uh, amazing experience um, to watch it all come together uh, from beginning to end. And it, it, it's truly a blessing to go back and just revisit all that God has done. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, pretty extraordinary. Story. It is what starts as ordinary in your plans and in your walk becomes just. And I mean, I can't even talk almost at how much of a testament to that faith in God's hands are. And I mean, even it's like you circum you circumvented all of the humanly system. Mm -hmm. And by you, I mean, God circumvented all the humanly systems to make this possible. And what it, you know, there's no better testament. And I, I tell you this all the time. You guys need to write a book. That <laughs> book's going to inspire just like this conversation is going yeah. to. What can you say to give encouragement to other men that maybe they're hitting a, a dead end? Maybe they're hitting a roadblock and maybe they'll hear this story and maybe hear something from you that can encourage them to continue on. And maybe it's looking for other options natural childbirth isn't a thing. Maybe it is adoption or foster care or something like that. Like what's something that you can kind of give encouragement? So I would say, and again, going along with the theme of the podcast, right? Like I know Jeff, you say I'm like theologically uh, advanced for my age, but you know, I mean, especially at the time, um, it was one of those things where we just had to wait on God and be patient and prayerfully consider things, you know? And so we were very frustrated. And again, I would say that this was probably one of the first like trials that God took us through in our, our faith journey. Um, and so the eye opening part for me that I would encourage other people to do is like, if you're going through one of those struggles, um, you know, you don't have to be a, theologian or a prophet or, uh, you know, an elder or a deacon at your church to sit and prayerfully consider things and listen to the Holy Spirit. Um, I think that's something that as a church, we could probably do better, like listening to the personal convictions and letting the Holy Spirit um, guide us. And that I think was probably the biggest lesson that I learned is just to like patiently wait on guide, God's guidance. Um, because again, at the time, you know, we were still fairly young in our faith. Um, you know, it was, it was a very uh, 
challenging and frustrating experience, not being able to see how this was all going to work out. Um, and I will also say too, the time frame that we were able to experience all this is pretty condensed. And I know there's probably some guys out there who might have been struggling with something or like some delayed dream or, um, you know, desire that they've been praying about for, again, for us, it was like three years where we were kind of going through this. And then we got to see all of this happen. Um, I understand there's probably guys out there who it's been decades, you know, like 10 years where they've been waiting on this thing. And I would just say, you know, I'm considered one, I don't consider myself one of the lucky ones because I did get to see this culmination kind of take place. But uh, I would encourage guys to not lose faith and to continue to just wait on the Lord and wait for his guidance because he will open doors. He really will. I want to zone in on that a little bit because you mentioned it was relatively condensed and it came to fruition, but still go back to that moment when, when you didn't know when it was going to play out and you didn't know that in a condensed short period of time, you're going to see all these things just blossom. There was a moment I'm sure where you're sitting there struggling to have a family, medical issues. You have all these different options, adoption, foster care. At first you didn't even want them. There had to have been a moment, I assume, where it was that reckoning, right? What did you do in that moment? So I guess, could you clarify when you say reckoning, do you mean like, um, I mean, like we, frustration we, or? Yeah, you, you said the word frustrated a couple of times. So mm -hmm. like at your most frustrated time when you're just, just praying or you and Allie are praying and you have medical issues and you don't know which direction to go and you're struggling with, you know, the first child and then struggling again with the second child. And this is the roadblock part for, for anybody listening. What did you do at that roadblock? Even before you got that call on Sunday to pick up the girls two mm -hmm. days later, even before you read the article about adoption and foster care, that's started to turn your heart a little bit. Was the, I'll ask the question, was there a moment that you were really discouraged, not just frustrated because you were oh. waiting, but like, man, what am I going to do? Yes, quite a bit. Um, and so, uh, I mean, there was a lot of tears. There was a lot of, um, anger, um, you know, borderline depression where you're just so frustrated, um, and you just can't see a clear path, right? That was, that was the hardest part for me is just like not even knowing where to take your next step. Right. Um, and just the discouragement that came with that. And so what I would encourage people to do. And what I ultimately ended up doing was wrestling with God over it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it was, it was time in prayer where, you know, I was very emotional, very upset and just again, wrestling with God and just saying like, you know, I, I know that you love me. I know all of these promises that you've made are true but I can't feel them right now. Mm -hmm. Like I can't feel that truth. Yeah. Um, and so I would spend this, like it would be like weeks or uh, days, you know, sometimes it was an afternoon where you were just really discouraged. Um, and it's not even necessarily like in a prayer time, right? Like a lot of the time it was 
Um, but even just in like a fleeting moment where like, you know, I'd be at work uh, and Hallie would send me a text saying like, you know, the, the test was negative again. Um, you know, times like that where you're not necessarily doing your quiet time, but it's just like, God, how long are mm. we going to have to wait on this? Like how long are we going to be going through this? Like how long do we have to deal with this discouragement? Um, and you're just taking it to God, even when you're frustrated and like down. Um, because again, it's easy to go and thank God for, you know, all the blessings that he's given. And I feel like sometimes people might feel guilty with that kind of prayer, but I think it's very healthy um, to take those frustrations and just lay them at God's feet. Yeah. I mean, scripture gives us that example, right? I mean, the Psalms, many of the Psalms are lament. And I think we as people, as humans, as Americans in particular, have the tendency when something goes wrong or not our way or tragic or we struggle, we turn our back on God because there's this, well, God wouldn't let that happen sort of thing. But taking it to God, I think, changes our hearts. You know, God wants a relationship with us, just like I want a relationship with my kids. And if they have a problem with me, I want them to bring it to me so that we can resolve it. And scripture has plenty of examples of those. And many of them were written by David, who's known as the great king, but proved out to be a pretty ordinary guy in the end. Yeah, I was I was thinking about all the Psalms were coming back yeah. in my in my head as, as we were talking about being frustrated with God and even wrestling with God. And, you know, I mean, there's uh, in, in the Old Testament, Jacob, I think, was uh, he, he, he wrestled he with wrestled God and with God, yeah. walked with a limp for the rest of his life because God had God had to finally and say, let me go. That's what changed Jacob yeah. from being deceitful to being Israel. Yeah. So uh, I think that's that's interesting. Like a, a wrestling match with God is not always a bad thing. You're probably going to lose, but yeah. your life will be changed because of it. Yes, 100 percent. Got to lose to win sometimes. Lose a game. There you go. Well, thanks, JD. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, uh, not a problem. Thanks for letting me yeah. uh, come on and share. An incredible story. Encouraging to some guys out there. So absolutely. Yeah. I think I think it's probably going to change a lot of hearts and encourage a lot of guys to take the steps they need to take with God to pursue their dreams, whatever they may be, really with that extra dose of faith and what they can't yet see. Yeah, it's going to be good. Lots of lives being changed today. That's going to be awesome. Uh, So thanks for being with us. Uh, That's it for episode number two. Episode three is coming soon. Don't know when, but it'll, it'll it'll be here. It'll be here eventually. Thank you for being with us. And um, don't be just ordinary, go be extraordinary. 